Well, in recent years, the, the, one, of the, one of the areas um, that um, I, as a minister, I, as a pastor, have helped people with is in the area that God is going to be talking about in this series. If we people, everyone in person and online, if we get the principles in this series down, the impact God will have in your life so things that were both in terms of circumstance, in terms of negative, also positive, you get these principles down, you will be just spiritually flowing. Because it will, it will help you in any negative situation, and certainly with regards to blessings uh, from positive situations as well. So we've got to get this series down. Amen? So God's message, God's series is, again, it started with a thought. It started with a thought. Maximizing mental victories. It started with a thought. Maximizing mental victories. Um, very, very important because sometimes we take thoughts for granted. Mm -hmm. And we have, we will learn in this series um, the importance of thoughts. Just like the word, the verbally charting your destiny series with regards to understanding the importance of our words, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Thoughts are just as important, if not even more. So we have to understand that we have to learn to use our own thoughts. Let's look at our foundation scripture. You look at uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Matthew 4, 1 through 11, New King James Version. Then Jesus was laid up, uh, led, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came, the tempter we're talking about the enemy, all right? We're talking about the, uh, the devil, all right? Now, when the tempter came um, um, to him, now, this is Jesus, he's fasting. Now, you know, and if you fast, you know, you're trying to, you're doing your best to stay focused, not on food, you're staying focused on God, on God has for you, receiving from him, you're close to him. So, it's a tender time. It makes sense. All right, so, the enemy's trying to take advantage of it, all right? It says, now when the uh, tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now let me pause here. When it says the tempter came, it's very, very important to understand that the tempter, the, the devil, did not come to him with a red tail and pitchfork. He didn't approach him as like a physical man. Mm -hmm. These are thoughts. Mm. So when the devil said this, this is a thought that came to Jesus. If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Alright? But he, Jesus, he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when the thought came, Jesus just spoke the word. Guess what? The devil didn't leave. He said, well, if that thought didn't happen, let me just throw another thought. Then the devil took him up into a holy city, not physically, but took him, tried to take his mind up to start, start thinking about a holy city. To a holy city, uh, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, huh, what? He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall uh, bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. You mean the devil was reciting some scripture? <laughs> yeah. He 
He was quoted right out of Psalm 91, verse 11, A, and verse 12. Let's not give him too much props. But he's talking to Jesus about Jesus' word, Scripture. Jesus' response? Jesus said, because Jesus knows the intent of the word. So even though that was the written piece that devil was quoting, he doesn't know the spiritually discern. Jesus responds, Jesus said to him, it is written, again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up. Now the devil's trying a third time. This is all, all right there. Again, the devil uh, took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you as if he had the power, power to do it. Not in the spiritual, but the devil does, you know, he's a kingdom of the world. He's, you know, angel of the world kind of thing. Uh, all these things uh, I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, the devil doesn't own this world system. So if we subscribe to that, then we are limiting ourselves to the devil. Right? Well, Jesus, then these are thoughts. These are thoughts he's giving Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall not, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Mm -hmm. Then the devil, so Jesus' response was just the word. You're going to keep this. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now this, that was Matthew's, that we know the, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of them bring various um, vantage points and views from what, how they witnessed and things that they researched and heard in terms of uh, different uh, depictions of Jesus' life. Um, so that was Matthew's version of that. And what they do, they work in concert with each other. I know that sometimes they may seem they were opposite, but they actually do work in concert because they bring different pieces to the, to the overall puzzle picture. Because here, what Luke adds towards the end, he says, so in addition to angels ministering to Jesus, that what Matthew said, Luke also adds, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, what? Until an opportune time. So what does that tell us? That means he was coming back to Jesus at some later time to try some, throw some thoughts at him again. So we have to understand if the devil was bold enough in his wicked thinking to try Jesus directly, how in the world do you think, what do you think he's going to try to do with us? That's right. He came to him with thoughts. But Jesus gave us a formula. Praise God. All right, now, God's objective with this series, and again, it, you, we get this down, and you get revelation of what God is saying in this message. You will be able to pinpoint. Let me say this. You're at a place right now based on the thoughts you thought. You are at a place right now based on the thoughts you allowed in, positively or negative, in your life. That can be a good thing. But the things we may be doing, we can trace back to some thought that came in. And this series is going to help us to deal with that. You know what I mean? Very, very important. So
twofold objective here is get us to a place where we understand and not take for granted the impact of negative or blessed thoughts um, and to begin a lifestyle of consistent victories regarding your thoughts, um, helping you to further live an abundant life. The goal is to have a consistent thought victory pattern in life. Very, very important. Now, so let's, and today is, a found, today is a, the foundation uh, part of this series. So we're just going to hit on a few pieces because we just got to, we got to get some revelation on just the understanding of um, the importance of thoughts. So today is just more so foundation, all right? So now, let's do this piece. Um, <coughs> God is going to go ahead and uncover the enemy's plan. We, we already saw it right there in Peter, but here it is. Uh, let's, look, let's look some more at under. God wants to uncover the enemy's plan. Why? Because if we know his plan of action, then that helps us. Mm -hmm. All right? All right, un un uncover the enemy's plan. Ephesians 6 and 16. Now, the background context a lot of you know is with regards to the full armor of God. Full armor of God, starting in Ephesians 6 and 10, um, speaks to, um, it, it was uh, symbolic of the, um, the physical thing that the, that the soldiers during that time would wear and prepare for battle. So spiritually, what God was saying to Paul was, here are some spiritual things we have to put on and it helped them to get, when he used that, that symbolism in those words, it helped them to gain an understanding of the importance of different parts of our spiritual walk that we have to do uh, to go ahead and, and win these victories. All right, so like you, you talk about the full armor of God, starting in Ephesians 6 and 10. And, and gets down to verse 16, it says, he goes to all these pieces, the hell of salvation, sword of spirit, and all those pieces. And then he says, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, fiery darts. Now, again, so thinking about the, the soldiers during that time, those darts, they were like they were like arrows and they were lit on fire and they were designed to blow up in, uh, on impact. Um, and, to, and to destroy. And so these are, from a spiritual perspective, these are evil thoughts that the enemy throws. We just read the foundation scripture. He was throwing fiery darts at Jesus. Again, that wasn't uh, the devil physically talking to him. The devil was, because the devil you know, is a spirit. So he was throwing um, thoughts at Jesus. It's the same thing the devil tries to do with us. He throws fiery darts they are designed with the, his desire that they have um, explosive impact. Now, we're going to look at the next slide, but we have to understand that's the goal of those things. You know what I mean? Very, very, very important. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians 11.14. 2 Corinthians 11.14, New King James Version. And no wonder... Satan, had, now this is uh, the uh, backdrop they were talking about uh, false teachers and false prophets. Uh, Paul was talking to them. Um, and, and, says, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Now let's put this together. So even though the devil throws evil thoughts at us, by what we call them fiery darts, with the design and goal to have explosive impact, to, to derail our lives away from Christ, bit by bit, area by area. Here's the part we got to get. 
They don't come now. We don't see the physical fiery flame. We don't see the red tail and the pitchfork. These come as like an angel of light. Because the devil, he has to present himself in a way as if we wouldn't know who he was. Because if we knew who he was, if we saw him walking down the street, if he had that red tail and pitchfork that we used to always see in the cartoons, we would say, oh, that's the devil. I see him coming. I'm not, there ain't no way I'm going to take anything he's saying and doing. Right. So the devil knows that. So he's going to come, the Bible says, like an angel of light. It means he's going to present himself in a way that seems like it's positive or seems like it's something that's not bad. And so from that perspective, these thoughts that are going to come from him, for the God, they are going to present themselves in a way that seemingly, as you see here, thoughts will come across as subtle or appealing. So again, we're getting to some nitty-gritty as it relates to thoughts, but it's very, very important. Each thought is going to come, that we come from him, it's going to come across as like subtle or appealing, something tantalizing. Why is that? Because if, 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 if you're a person that's like anchovies, well, all your thoughts ain't going to come like anchovies because you're going to see it coming. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so they, these are going to come, again, in a way that's going to seem like, oh, it's appealing. So let's, let's, let's look at let's look, let's look an example. So, so for guys, guys, we tend, to, we tend to be visual, right? And so from that perspective, you're walking down, you're walking down the street, it seems appealing to look at a female figure. She walking down the street or at the grocery store or whatever. That seems appealing. It doesn't seem like it's something like, uh, you know, like I'm about to vomit or something like that. That seems appealing. But then that's the world thinking. Again, because that's a thought that comes like, oh, look at her figure. That's the worldly thinking. That's the world system. But when we get into kingdom thinking and kingdom mindset, that says, oh, no, no, no. We make a covenant with our eyes. Got it? So, but what's going to come across is someone that seems appealing. Let's, let's, use, let's pick on spouses. Okay. Spouses, it's going to seem appealing when your spouse just got on your last nerve and your flesh wants to rise up. It seems like it's the right feeling thing to do to let him or her have it. I mean, give him a piece of my mind. Because, you know, you want to express how you feel about that situation. That, seem, that seems comfortable, doesn't it, Joe? Like it seems like the fun thing. Like you, you feel like you want to get relieved. Like you, like the old uh, Nessie commercial, you jumping, you hot, you jumping in the pool. It seems like it's the right thing to do. But then the, the Bible still said that that's the world way of thinking. But that's the enemy throwing thoughts. He's throwing thought at the guy to look at the female, to lust at the female. He's throwing thought at the spouse to say, go ahead, let her have it. Let him have it. Because it seems like the right thing to do. Those are all thoughts. Because it seems he's presenting it a fiery dart that seems appealing. That's a world. That's an evil way of thinking. Because in the kingdom way of thinking, the Bible says, oh, fools bit all their anger, but a wise man holds them back. So you say, well, wait. Well, that's not the right thing to do then. Because right is what the kingdom says. So from that perspective, the enemies always will throw something that will seem, that will be opposite of what God wants. So we have to understand, so when these fiery darts come, the goal of them is to get us off. That's the goal. Now, they, so they have explosive impact, but the way they come is going to be subtle, is going to be appealing. You try, you try to lose weight. Let's say you got, a, let's say you got 
uh, issues with diabetes or you're trying to lose weight or whatever, again, of course he's going to present the seven layer cake. crushes the spirit. So what we understand it is, and we'll see in a second, <coughs> words can become thoughts if we don't do something with them. So that being the case, again, why does it say here that the simple tongue crushes the spirit? Because we're going to look at that process of how it gets down into us if we don't do something with it. Again, starting with a thought. Starting with a thought. Still uncovering some of the enemy plans. We're going to be just doing foundation today. So, now look, the enemy tries to come at us through a couple of ways, but right now we're talking about either one, you know, one in terms of these type of thoughts, which is direct thoughts, and the other is indirect thoughts. So direct thoughts, like Ephesians 6 and 16, like those fiery darts he's coming directly at, all right? And also indirect thoughts. What are we talking about here, Pastor Mike? Well, God is saying, look, words, when they are in your atmosphere, if they're not dealt with, they can become thoughts. Mm -hmm. Let me say it again. Words mm -hmm. that come near you, if they are not dealt with, because they're not from God, and if they're not dealt with, they can become thoughts. That's a dangerous place. You can reference Proverbs 15 and 4, which we just saw that came down to the Spirit. You can also reference Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of tongue. So we have to understand words. We learned in the prior series, in a past series, the power and impact of words. If those words have evil intent and are evil, if we don't do something with them, those words can become thoughts. So the devil tries to come at us both with direct thoughts, you know, like a bombardment, um, or indirect thoughts through other ways, through words, through people that kind of get us to think about. All right, all right. Again, important to thoughts. You never really thought about it like that, but guess what? Thoughts are important. This series is going to show you how you will be able to identify. Yeah, that started with thought. Now, now I'm at this place in this area of my life that I, I didn't do something with that thought. But God got a plan to get us out. Amen? All right, all right. We're going to take it step by step. All right, now, I'm covering the enemy plan still. So why does the enemy come this route? So here, here, here's the, here is his chronological way with regard to both direct thoughts and indirect thoughts. All right? Thoughts then become words. Got it? So thoughts and words, both in terms of getting people to speak it, but either way, let's look at the indirect. Those, indir those words come in, they become thoughts. All right? Once those thoughts enter you, they then, you can see here, they, then, they are seed. What do seeds do? What do farmers do with seeds? Their goal is to plant some, get some type of harvest from what they planted. Those thoughts, or those words that then became thoughts, are seed. All right? After they are seed and they are planted in us, they then, we unintentionally, or intentionally in some cases, negatively water. That's by God. Negatively water that seed by how? 
by not doing something with it, with that thought, or by believing it, or by meditating on it and not doing something with it. What does that mean? So that, that thought comes, again, we already know it's going to seem appealing. And then what the enemy tries to get us to do is we just, we either don't even do anything with it, we choose to believe it, or we just meditate on it. And all, the, all of us been there, you, you get into a daze, like, you kind of imagine yourself. You start to daze. Then after that happens, then, in time, you initiate negative actions or sin. Why? Because the thought came, it seemed appealing, it didn't seem like you were going to go murder somebody, okay, and it kind of tickles my flesh in whatever way that is. Now, it's the seed in me, I meditate on it, or I was thinking about it, I daze, and guess what? Then I go back to work, I start doing something, but I never do anything with that thought. I daze on it, but then I go play basketball. I, I go to work, but it's still there. Why? Oh, now, now we're negatively watering because we didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. So now it's getting time to take root. Once it begins to, once it begins to go in and try to germinate, now we start to think, oh, well, maybe it's okay for me to take that that pen from work because you know I don't have any pens at home. You know they got ten. It's a big budget at the employer. Let me, just, let me just take this pen. So now, once that seed is in and we didn't do anything with it, now it causes us to then do actions that commit the actual sin. And you can, whatever the category, I just use taking pencils from work, but whatever the category, because now the actions are there. Do you see how this chronology is happening? Now, once you start with that action at one time, now that seed is now building a tree. It's building a spiritual tree, a negative spiritual tree inside of us. And I don't know how many of y'all go around crushing or knocking down trees. I know one time we used to uh, try to get firewood, and it took a minute to get some of that wood. Because those trees, why? They are seeped in. This is that seed. That was the enemy's plan for that seed to do something. Germinated, we didn't do anything with it, we negatively watered it, we started doing some ashes, now it becomes a tree. Uh-oh, then that tree begins to take root. That means now you're at a point where you realize, oh, this is a bad thing that I'm doing. I'm taking the pins from work. It's a bad thing. Now you realize, you get some revelation from the Holy Spirit, it's bad to steal. But now it may not be so easy to stop because now it's already taking some root. The root's already getting there. Now, it can be done, but then it becomes a stronghold. Stronghold, the Bible like strong towers. Guess what? All started with thought. And at that point in time, now, in that example, I'm outside of God's plan for my life as it relates to, to steal. Because a thought came in, it seems subtle. They got a big $8 million budget, they ain't gonna miss two pens. I don't do anything with it. I go do the rest of my work. It's, it's, it's germinating. The trees beginning to grow. I'm taking the actual pen. Tree begins to form, now it's taking root. Oh man, Mr. Joe said, hey, might be, you know, stealing for Christians, stealing period is, is not good. You ain't gonna stop doing that. That's actually called stealing. Oh, now there's a revelation. Alright, I wanna stop. But now that stronghold is there. 
Because now that, that, that pen looks kind of funky. I, I can work on that at home. I can use that pen. So every time I want to stop, now it's harder. Because I got that stronghold. Because I'm trying to do it in my natural ability. But guess what? It all started with a thought. We're using pens, but I think all of us can identify other areas in our lives where we've gotten off of the area. Now, still uncovering the enemy's plan, always remember this. The biggest storm always starts with one raindrop. I don't care what storm you think about. We just had Ida down in this area recently. Always starts with one raindrop. So if you think about any challenge or storm in your life, it always started with a thought. Either direct thought that came across as subtle and appealing, or indirect thought with regards to words that we didn't do anything with that became a thought. Mm -hmm. Biggest storm always starts with one raindrop. So you think about that when it comes to thoughts. This, in this series, God is going to have us understand the importance of these thoughts. And be not and not taken for granted. It seems like it's going to be like you mean every thought. That's what the, we're going to talk about another scripture later on. Every thought. Wow, that seems like it's going to be. That's, that seems like a lot of work. Praise God. That's why we got a helper. We got the Holy Spirit for those who receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit helping us. Because glory to God. Because the better you get at it, the quicker you do it. And the less struggle you'll have. Mm -hmm. So it's not too late. It's not too late. We'll be able to turn this thing around. But Jesus gave us that formula. All right. Now, so what are some examples of some direct thoughts? We're just going to use a few. Just some of those fiery darts. So, again, somebody cuts you off on the highway, anger. You know, you, you know that, that thought, let me drop back up to him. Throw the middle finger. You know? <laughs> All right. <coughs> Another example of direct thoughts, Re replaying the bad situation. Mm -hmm. Now, God's not saying the situation, it wasn't a fact. It may have actually factually happened. But the devil tries to be pretty good at rewinding that tape. Mm -hmm. Gets us to kind of think about that thing. Another direct thought, just worry. Situations going on in your life and sometimes the Enemy will try to fast forward us to a negative future end and it gets worry into us. Well, it presents worry and we choose to take it. Stress. Things coming off, things coming at you with multiple, multiple things coming at you all at one time, or one thing seems to be seems heavy on you. These are all direct thoughts. He just trying to throw those fiery darts. You know all these examples. I mean, we can list examples for days. But these are a few. What are the other fiery darts? Uh, being sad. Uh, God's taking a pause right here. We, let's, let's, let's deal with this. You know, as, as believers, you know, because the world, the world is always going to do whatever the latest fad is. Like years ago, when they, when they were labeling everybody as ADHD and ADD. Hmm. Now, just like it was legitimate then that some, some people actually had a child in that area, the current fad 
And I'm not minimizing anyone who actually does get depressed, because that is a real thing. But believers, beloved, you are not depressed if you have a moment where you have a sad thought. If you have a couple of sad thoughts, does not make you depressed. Do not embrace this culture of doing that. People are, that's one of the biggest things among Christians on the internet in terms of being depressed. The same type of things if it was seven years ago, oh, it's like, no, I, I was sad. I, you know, I did get me upset. I was a legitimate sad happening, whatever the issue was. But even in natural, people seem to get past it. Now, it's like people embrace it as if it's a label of honor. No, cast that out in Jesus' name. Not denying the fact that whatever it is caused some sadness, because that's a fact. I get it. And God has a plan to get out of that. But do not embrace depression. Amen. That's not your makeup. Glory mm -hmm. God. You're the righteousness of God in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. You got to enjoy the Lord. Glory Amen. God. Lust. Again, we're talking about this, these are direct thoughts. Lust can come in the form of pornography, it can come in all kinds of uh, forms of things. Uh, distraction. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not being, not being focused. Trying to focus on one thing, whether it's homework or schoolwork or work, and just getting easily distracted. These are all direct thoughts. Bible tells you, you're clear, do your work, do whether word or deed, do it unto the Lord. So you focus, you're doing your schoolwork, or you're doing your work for work, and all of a sudden he'll throw thoughts. Oh, I wonder what it would be like if I play these video games right now, or if I start doing this. Getting easily distracted. These are all thoughts that any will try to throw. Direct to God has get us off. Believers, people in general, but in particular believers, feeling unworthy. Look, once we receive revelation on the fact of what Jesus did for us and what we could not do for ourselves, he makes it clear that we couldn't be saved by works. So let's, as believers, let's get to a place where we understand we no longer have a label of being unworthy because it would almost denounce what Jesus did. He understands that we weren't perfect. That's why we couldn't do it by works, because I don't know who, nobody would get it. But it was his love and his grace that said, look, just believe in me. I, I got you right where I am, where you are. Come be with me and we'll help you grow and develop. So, now, the Bible says, don't think to yourself no more higher than you ought to. Like, you, you are not Jesus. You know what I mean? But you're trying to be more like him. So that being the case, no longer feel unworthy. Now, he know what he did when he saved Joe? When Joe made the choice? Joe is now not unworthy. Joe is holy. Joe is righteous. Lord God. Not that Joe did anything to make himself righteous, but he was made righteous. So, God doesn't have any unworthy people in heaven with him. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. This, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. This is not for you to go walk around thinking you can step on people. And eat. No, I'm not saying that. Right. But take unworthy and feeling less than because what, that's an enemy's thought to try to get you to feel like you can't even come to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. So 
life is in hell. Now let's look at some examples of some, some indirect thoughts from words. Word, uh oh, I'm gonna step on somebody's toes. Word, 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 is through, word, word that come through, words that come through the news. Words that come through TV, hold on, I'm gonna give Words that come through TV and the news. Look, don't get me wrong, I know they got a job to do. I get it, but you. Look. And no, I'm gonna be clear. Good thing doesn't receive those words, but but that's a that's a battle. That 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 stuff coming through. We seeing murders and, and all kind of negative stuff. I'm not saying kind of be informed, but just get the alert on your phone. Like, oh, okay, because it helps you and use it for prayer. It's all right, cool. That's, this is time to be in prayer. Oh my goodness, there's so much negativity comes through TV and, and the news in general. But again, these are indirect because these are words that are coming through, and then we. If we don't do something with it, like, like we saw that chronology, we don't do something with it, it stays there for an opportune time to be used to create some kind of worldly fear. Again, evil death words spoken either over you or about you. You may have been growing up, parents or somebody, relatives or, or teachers, spoken evil or death words over you. These are, these are indirect, these are words that become thoughts. Because that child is told that she will never be nothing when that teacher or that person on the playground said that. Yeah. Those were words of how they came, but if she didn't do anything with it, then she begins to think that. Mm -hmm. Disease and health statistics. Don't, don't get me started. My, my, my queen can go with some of these, some of those, um, <laughs> some of those pieces that are that are not of God in terms of disease statistics. But again, we don't do something with that, we, we begin to, a uh, fear can come in. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, will that be, will that be so-and-so, will that be? These are all indirect. Why? Coming from words. Negative marriage statistics. Why get married? Why? You are, you are in church. Why get married? What, 50? They say, what, 50%? 50% ending divorce? Why get married? Shucks, right? I'm better by myself. Look. If God's original people had the same thinking, would you be here today? Assuming they also chose not to point it. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'd be here. No, we so, marriage is part of God's plan. Amen. It's His institution. So don't our people living together instead of being married? Yeah. Are people getting divorced? Yep. Can God redeem people who have gotten divorced? Yep. There's no, there's no different than any other mistake. Praise the Lord. And in some instances, people weren't necessarily the ones who forced it in. The Bible talks about those features. Sometimes the spouse had to be subject to it. But my point is, it doesn't matter what that past is. God can redeem people who have gotten divorced. God has no different than any other sin that you did that they don't know about. Praise the Lord. And guess what? Glory to God. Just because your neighbor or so-so or your parents got divorced doesn't mean you should never get married. That's right. God has a plan for you in that area. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Gotcha. All right. Amen. All right. Um, indirect thoughts. Social media. You know, people getting, you know, a lot of negative thoughts can come through words and the thoughts can come from that. Comparisons. 
You can make the comparison with social media as well. Again, words that become thoughts. Um, reports about COVID. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Vaccination, no vaccination. Uh, mass, no mass. No, you, got, you got to hear from God. Don't, don't get me started. All, all I'm saying is, what does the word say about God protecting you? Amen. What does the word say about giving you guidance and giving you wisdom? You just take those things and go with that. Amen? But again, these are words coming through that can create fear. Hey, how about those words on that bill? <laughs> Don't they talk? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Those, those, they, all this, oh, that's all this is a piece of paper with some numbers and some words on it. But man, can those things create thoughts? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. But here's our sanctuary. But God. Look, you are the righteousness of God. He referenced 2 Corinthians 5 21. You are a royal priest of the chosen generation, 1 Peter 2 9. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means God did not make a mistake when He made you. I don't care if you are alive via rape. I don't care if your parents weren't married when they were uh, when you were conceived. I don't care what the situation was. God has a plan for your life, and you are not a mistake. You are destined to be here. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You are Amen. fearfully wonderfully made. Amen. All right. You reference Psalm one nineteen. I'm sorry. Psalm one thirty nine and fourteen. Glory to God. You are made in the image of God. You look at reference um, Genesis one twenty six through twenty seven. Just think about that. The fact that God, God, God made a lot of things. Right, Joe? So he made trees, grass, water, the filament, you know, um, made angels. But God chose to make the human species to be just like him. We are the only thing. Not angels, not the ox or the cow. We are the only things made in the image of God. So anytime a thought comes, you think about the fact that God made me in his image. So I must be okay. Praise God. Now, speak to God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. God's trying to tackle a couple things, Joe. We got the whole depression thing. Now he's going to deal with the other thing. Look, speak these kind of blessings to yourself. David, David encouraged himself. Speak these things to God and to yourself. What's that last part say? Not to the universe. It's another culture thing. Look, as believers, we don't speak to the universe. You let the uh, astrologers and all types of... You, look, you let everyone else that hasn't yet chosen to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior do that. Don't say that. Don't embrace that. When you are speaking God's word, when you are doing confessions, you are biblically speaking to God and biblically watering the seeds of faith you prayed. You're speaking to God, and you're speaking to your spirit and yourself. You ain't speaking to the universe. I mean, I ain't putting it out there in the universe. No. Just for it to be like a hope, like a 50-50 coin. No, 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 no. Your, your words have purpose, they have meaning. You make sure they are purposeful, both in terms of what you say and who you're speaking to and what you're speaking about. Never, ever say, I'm, I'm putting this in the universe. Or, Look, I'm not, I'm not making light of it because maybe there, was, there wasn't understanding. But please, let's embrace this and get some understanding now. Mm -hmm. 
That's not, again, things come up in popular culture. That's not, as believers, hop on the bandwagon. All right, look, my physical Bible. Right, look, that's, that is our standard. That's what we use. We don't use the popular stuff. You got me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go back to the foundation. Let's go back to our foundation scripture. Alright, because Jesus, Jesus gave the formula here. In this series, we're going to talk about more uh, with regards to this. Let's go back to it. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, now we understand, the tempter came to him throwing thoughts. Um, he said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. Uh-oh. But he answered and said, it is written, yeah. man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word but see the mouth of God. That's a formula. Guess what? So if Jesus put this in the word, it seems to me, he, if we get this as believers, we get this formula, that when thoughts come, that we do something with it, and we do something with a, with a scripture, we will settle so much stuff. <clears throat> and Jesus didn't make it hard. Like, he didn't make, he didn't make a big, like, long process. He just said, it is written. Now, it does require us to at least, at least know one or two scriptures. We can continue to learn and grow. I, look, I understand you may not have a whole bunch of scriptures in your head memorized. Start with the one you know. Use that. It's, it's, to it, look, your Bible is strong. Sword of the Spirit. Use it. So if you only know one scripture, say it. You can always say the name Jesus. Yeah. So if a thought comes, just say the name Jesus. I just teach my kids. Like, I give them three things. If the thought comes, three things. And they can tell you right now. What was it? The one was what? Say what? Say scripture. scripture. Yeah, scripture. Number two is what? Um, say Jesus. Say Jesus. And number three was what? Oh, that's right. That's yep, right. Praying tongues. That's Look, what that is. There you go. So, so I'm saying, so you can always, you can always do something with a thought that comes. You got me? All right. Then the devil, then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the, the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, "If you are, the, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, oh, devil quoting scripture, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up." Lest you dash your foot against the stone. That's a thought. That's a thought. Man, he looked fine. Now, this is. Thank you. Okay, hold on. <laughs> right, I, I, I got to make a plane, Joe. Okay, all right. This is me playing off like I'm a female that's chilling, walking down downtown and seeing a guy that's handsome. <laughs> Definitely heterosexual over this way. You got me. I'm a film gospel. I'm going to make that part clear. All right, so I Psalm 91, 11, 11, 8, and 12. All right? Uh, Jesus said to him, it is written, again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You didn't see a whole bunch of other debate and all that kind of stuff. Thought came, Jesus did something with it. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things will I give to you if you fall down and worship me. The devil is trying to get, he's just trying to tempt Jesus in all kinds of areas. Throwing all kinds of thoughts. And just hearing Jesus walking around, hearing people, you know, stuff he's saying happens, believing in faith and stuff, you know. So the devil's like, oh, he probably think he's, you know, he's it. Let me, let me, let me help puff him up. Let me help give him some stuff. And Jesus had an opportunity, boy, boy, you know. You know, ain't nobody else doing this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? I'm trying to teach people to do this stuff. 
So there was an opportunity for Jesus, like, no, 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 I, I'm not feeding in this. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. The devil left him, and behold, Amy Sanders. Folks, as we close, we got to understand, thoughts are very, very important. Let's make sure in this series that we are being attentive, we are opening our minds to receive what God is saying to us, we get revelation knowledge, that aha, and then most importantly, we then are applying it in our lives. So from this point on, any thought that comes in, you examine it. Is this from God, or is this from the devil? If it's not from God, do something new. Amen. Give God more. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Alright, so this, this is that time, this is that time. You say, alright, cool. I, I, I underlined, I highlighted, I bolded, you know, I, I took some screenshots and that. Alright, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit to myself right now. I'm going to start applying this one thing, this one thing. So I'm going to start applying this week, this week. And I don't want this, I don't want this to fall. Why is that? Why? Because we said in James 1, 20 and 25, the God said through him, New King James Version, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. But anyone is a hearer of the word, hearer of God's message, glory to God, and, is, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. But he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed when he does. We want to be like that second man. Amen. Let's take what God is telling us about thoughts. All right, we're going to learn more and more in this series. So make sure you come back for all the rest of the series. There's other things you want to say about these pieces, some other formulas. But we, what we know right now is that thoughts can be both direct and indirect. And we got to do something with them because they're like fire from the enemy zone. They're like fiery darts. And we also know thoughts aren't going to come like some big, bad, wicked appearance. They're going to come subtle. They're going to be very, very appealing. So you got to do something with it. Amen. Amen. Do God. Thank you, Lord.